in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. A 21-year-old sentenced to 30 years behind bars for murder. This is after that mass shooting on Austin 6th Street two years ago. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. I'm Sally Hernandez. The Travis County jury sentenced DeAndre White for the murder of 25-year-old Doug Cantor, who was just an innocent bystander that night. When White fired multiple shots after a confrontation between a group of people, the shooting hit and killed Cantor. It also injured 14 others. Both Cantor and White's family were in the courtroom last night when the judge read the verdict. And outside the courtroom, we heard from the Cantor family attorney. Guilty verdict on a murder case and a sentence in prison, none of that brings Doug back. But we're comforted that at least some measure of justice occurred in the courthouse. White's attorney also talked and said that White did not mean to hurt anyone. DeAndre would never want anyone to believe that he went out there with the intention to hurt anybody. Uh, he feels terrible about what happened, is terribly remorseful about all the people that were injured. The Travis County DA's office also sharing thoughts saying, quote, our office is committed to holding people who commit acts of gun violence accountable. We hope this verdict and sentence brings closure and peace to the victims and their families. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Hey, good Friday morning to you. We start with a live look outside down in Hayes County. Good morning, Buda. The view from our Rocker Dirt Yard camera there showing clear skies up top. Temperatures underneath comfortable. Upper 70s to low 80s out there. 80 in Bastrop, 82 here in Austin. 85 in Georgetown, 75 in Lana. We've got most of Hayes County at the moment in those upper 70s to low 80s, which is pretty close to where we were yesterday. Most of us exactly matching where we were at this time, if not maybe one or two degrees on either side of the lows we saw yesterday morning. Now, I'll tell you, today will be hotter. In fact, today is likely going to be the hottest of what we've seen so far this week. Forecast high 108, second hottest temperature we've ever recorded in the month of September is what we're looking at with the 108, unfortunately. And then you'll notice the humidity brings up the feels like temperatures to 110. So there is no winning with this heat today. It is going to be dangerous. It's going to feel miserable out there with just how hot it is. As far as your air quality goes, this is in the moderate category for ozone, but we don't have any air quality alerts. Yesterday, we had some of the bigger cities here in Texas underneath those air quality alerts. Did not include Austin. Does not include Austin today, but the excessive heat warnings do. We have finally some relief to talk about after today, though. So we're going to uh, power through it for the next 12 to 24 hours. Still going to be hot this weekend, but at least we got a little bit of rain to look forward to some spotty showers, isolated storms Saturday, Sunday. Next week, still on track to be cooler and wetter across central Texas. We'll talk more about that change, kind of time after your weekend weather coming up in your first warning forecast. Sounds good, Kristen. Thank you. This morning, the defense will continue to cross-examine the whistleblowers in the Ken Paxton impeachment trial. We heard from a former top deputy who eventually reported suspended Attorney General Paxton to the FBI. KXN's Monica Madden has been in the Senate chambers all week and breaks down the confrontational testimony. 
Ryan Bangert is a former deputy first assistant attorney general who worked closely with Paxton. Prosecutors tried to again lay the groundwork that this is another bona fide conservative. His resume includes working for then former Republican attorney general in Missouri, Josh Hawley, as well as being a member of the Federalist Society. All of this likely intentional on behalf of prosecutors as they're trying to appeal to the Republican senators who will ultimately decide how much weight his testimony carries. Disbelief, shock, extreme concern. Central to day three of the trial, a so-called midnight opinion. This opinion had not gone through the formal rigorous process of review by the opinion committee. Whistleblowers say in August 2020, Paxton demanded a legal opinion declaring foreclosure sales were unsafe due to the pandemic in order to help Nate Paul avoid foreclosures on his properties. The name and authority and power of our office had been, in my view, hijacked to serve the interests of an individual against the interest of the broader public. Defense making the case there wasn't evidence to show Paxton's intent was to help Paul. You stated that you were uncertain why Ken wanted the foreclosure opinion issued. True? Questioning Bangert's allegiance to his boss. You did not take the time to hear his side of things out before you went to law enforcement. I disagree. The defense argued whistleblowers staged a coup against Paxton. Bangert had a different take. Did you consider it a mutiny? It was not a mutiny. How would you characterize it? We were protecting the interest of the state and ultimately, I believe, protecting the interest of the attorney general and, in my view, signing our professional death warrant at the same time. Paxton was not here during the trial again to hear from his former employees. We also started to hear testimony from another former top aide named Ryan Vassar, who started choking up at the beginning of his testimony when he called Paxton referred to him as a rogue employee, testifying that he spent years of his life dedicated to working to bettering the attorney general's office at the Texas Capitol. Monica Madden, back to you. Monica, thank you. Hayes County plans to release more information later on today about a shelter in place order that was put in place in Buda. It was in the area of the Main Street and Campo del Sol Parkway. The Hayes County Sheriff's Office tells KXAN they were looking for a person of interest connected to a homicide investigation. Pflugerville ISD is working to get more housing for its teachers. So far, the school board has met with developers and focus groups. These include teachers and other district staff. As for the next steps, the district's going to send out a teacher survey next week. It's to get ideas on what educators are looking for when it comes to housing. Then district leaders are going to begin discussions on design, the number of apartments needed, what the apartments should look like, options for mixed-use development, and parking options. District says affordability and proximity to work are the two of the biggest priorities mentioned so far. The state proposal for Austin ISD Special Education Department, what the school district needs to decide soon. And tree troubles around Central Texas, the issues we're facing as this long, hot summer drags on, and why trees, in some cases, are losing limbs. We are committed to getting things right here at KXAN, and that's why we want to quickly correct an issue from a story that we aired yesterday morning. When reporting about the issues when it comes to the computer system canceling driver license appointments statewide, 
we had a graphic that we showed and it read the issue was with the Department of Motor Vehicles. And to be clear, driver licenses are issued in the state of Texas by the Department of Public Safety. While the DMV handles a number of motor vehicle issues, the license offices are run by DPS. And again, we apologize. Austin ISD parents are speaking out on a proposal from the state to get involved in the district's special education department. And the district also released new data showing as of August 25th, more than 400 special education evaluations were overdue. The proposal from the Texas Education Agency would give Austin ISD the least severe method of state intervention, a monitor which would be able to observe and report to the state. But only if they meet dozens of deadlines and requirements around coming into compliance on special education violations. And that would include spending half of the board meeting time on student outcomes. If the district agreed to the deal, it would also be waiving the ability to appeal future state intervention. District says it's already on its way to meeting several of the requirements laid out in that deal. District leaders say they're evaluating hundreds more students than last year. But several parents asked the district not to accept the deal. I am a special education student. From a student perspective, special education isn't working. We continually lose trust and hope and fall further and further behind our normative peers. We repeatedly have to fight to be able to participate in activities that our peers automatically get to do, and meaningful inclusion has yet to exist. Thank you, Addison. The board did not vote on anything last night. However, we'll have to decide this before the end of the month. A new future for the YMCA in Austin and how it's planning to better serve a rapidly growing Central Texas. A drug meant for animals is going around Travis County with humans taking it. We're hearing from a local doctor treating patients that have been taking that animal tranquilizer. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. This is a live look from our camera over at the Rock and Dirt Yard in Buda. On this Friday, September the 8th, we're going to talk to Kristen on what is expected to be a dangerously hot day. And ahead, we're talking about how two more local school districts are filing good cause exceptions. So that's for a law that requires armed security on all school campuses in the state of Texas. Leander ISD and Pflugerville ISD both voted to create alternative plans last night. We know Leander says it's putting in place an alternative standard to plan for a district police department. Pflugerville says it's filing for the exception because it just cannot find enough qualified applicants and it doesn't have the money to fund an officer on every campus. The growth of the Austin area has meant a whole lot of changes, and that's included in a lot more traffic at the YMCA. Good spot to be. Leaders at the Y, though, they want to take stock of all nine locations locally and maybe expand. KXAN's Blake Devine is looking at its goals over the next few years. I stretched already this afternoon, this morning. Meet Melba Martinez. There's a, a tension. Who joined the Town Lake YMCA in 2021 after surviving a stroke. The benefits are... Uh, innumerable. There's just there are quantitative and qualitative benefits. Recently, she noticed the Y being busier. If you get here at, at five o'clock in the morning, the parking lot's full. <laughs> and, you know, when you leave, you barely see any parking spots open. Sean Doles works for the YMCA. He says demand at all nine Austin area locations is higher than pre-pandemic levels. Our usage right now for uh, among our members, among program participants, 
is at an all-time high. We're taking up a lot more space. There's more members. We're bursting at the seams. With this in mind, the Y recently released a strategic plan for 2030, eyeing expansion in areas such as Lakeway, Kyle, and Del Valley. Austin is undergoing explosive growth. We all know that. And so in order to keep up with that need, the, the Greater Austin Y has to grow too. Beyond its current focus on fitness, the nonprofit is trying to address community needs, possibly redeveloping facilities to include housing, childcare, and retail run by local businesses. So that people like teachers and firefighters and other workers, you know, for, for nonprofits like the Y could actually have a place to live in central Austin that is affordable. Like Divine, KXAN News. Taking a closer look here, just last year, the Y bought an old child care facility in northwest Austin off FM 620. This is in the Four Points area. It's being turned into a new Y and set to open next year. Okay, it's another school year that is now underway, and we're getting a look this morning at some new Uber features, and these could actually help make getting, a little, getting around a little easier for families all across the country. Yeah, NBC's Vicki Wynn and her family got to try it out and shows us how it works. Good morning, Vicki. Hey, good morning. How many times have you stressed about getting your teens to and from after school activities or practice? Well, now there is a new feature on Uber that could help make things a lot more convenient when you are at work. I'll show you how it works and the built-in safety features, too. That's all I had this morning right here on Today. They're rolling it out in some cities, so yeah. it could help, but there are safety concerns, obviously, when yeah. it comes to putting yeah. a teenager in an Uber vehicle. Right. Well, it's spoiled, though, because when I was a kid, it was like, if you want to go home. anywhere, you're, you're walking walk, yeah. the city bus. You're riding like, the bike. I remember my mom's no. like, if you want to go to the mall, here's your bus pass, take your sister. And you're like, I don't want to go anymore. <laughs> I don't, whatever it was, I don't need it. You know? I like your mom. Yeah. <laughs> It was, a, it was a childhood. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast. Uh, you know what? I will say on that note, though, if you can Uber, if you've got plans this afternoon, I think it'd be worth the money because walking in this kind of heat is not going to be friendly. It's not going to be pleasant. You're going to put yourself at risk of a heat-related illness real quick with the heat and humidity we've got in play today. Let's dive into it. Clouds and radar not showing me anything concerning around us right now. We are going to see a ton of sunshine once it comes up this morning. We've got a clear sky. I don't want to see landscape supplies wet the camera there in Liberty Hill. 81 degrees is where we start. Pretty much everybody in the 70s and 80s, but look at your afternoon high 108 the forecast high likely to obliterate the current record of 102 we set last back in 2019 as far as the feels like temperatures those will be even hotter than what I'm showing you right now those will probably be closer to about 110 here in Austin maybe even up to 111 east of us excessive heat warnings in place for almost all of central Texas the exception Gillespie and Blanco County but you're underneath a heat advisory so no exceptions to the heat alerts today. Weekend weather, not technically as hot, but still hot, right? 101 to 104, both Saturday and Sunday. Technically getting a little cooler by Sunday afternoon, but both days likely to either tie or break the record. We've got some spotty rain, isolated storms late tomorrow and again on Sunday. As far as that severe risk goes, I'm going to update you from what I showed you yesterday. This will just barely clip our northeastern counties tomorrow night, but don't rearrange your day over those rain chances. 
Few and far between both Saturday and Sunday. Most of this potential rainfall I'm showing you of anywhere from a tenth of an inch to an inch and a half in our northern counties, that's going to come in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. So when we put it together, you'll notice the seven day forecast shows dry skies, very hot temperatures today, mainly dry this weekend and still hot. And then once we get into next week with the cold front, the heat ridge moving over, temperatures coming down with the rainfall we expect. Rain chances up to 40% Tuesday, Wednesday. Overnight lows also getting a little cooler too. Finally out of record territory by Monday, Tuesday of next week. Thank you, Kristen. Here in Central Texas, we love our trees, but this extreme heat has impacted everything around us, including the trees. Tree trimming businesses say more people are calling about branches that are randomly breaking off. The Austin nonprofit Tree Folks says some of the trees are very stressed from the weather and they're using up all of their stored energy from the extreme heat to the ice storm that we had earlier this year. It's all taken a toll on the trees. And one man in Wimberley says that he's seen a tree limb, several of them fall several times. Walking down to the river and a pretty big limb, probably about this big diameter, just fell out of the blue. Again, a calm day. Got down to the river and we hadn't been there 10 minutes and right across the river, a really large pecan limb fell. Tree Folk says that if trees aren't getting enough water, that stored energy is only going to take them so far before the branches die out and all fall off. Well, a month after the wildfires began, officials in Maui are still working through their way uh, through that list of missing. That list has grown almost as quickly as names have been removed. The wildfires killed at least 115 people. Fire officials saying the gravity of what happened during those fires still hasn't sunk in. It's been one of the fastest months of our lives, being the fact that we've been so active and so busy over the last 30 days. And a lot of it still has not sunk in as to what everybody has been, um, has endured. And um, a lot of people haven't even had time to grieve yet, both in our department as well as our community. Government officials have pledged their support. Thousands of people are in hotels and elsewhere as they await clearance to visit and inspect the properties where they once lived. And of course, we keep those in our thoughts and prayers as we here in Central Texas mark the anniversary of our deadly Bastrop fire back in 2011 this week. Okay, Kristen, thank you. Uh, there's a growing political firestorm over the possibility of an indictment when it comes to the president's son, Hunter Biden. Senators from both sides of the reacted to news that special counsel David Weiss was intended to move forward into the investigation against Biden. An indictment against Hunter Biden is expected by the end of the month on a gun possession charge. Prosecutors are accusing him of illegally buying a gun while using drugs. Senators Roger Marshall and Richard Blumenthal shared their views on the possible indictment. Oh, I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. I, I think we need to wait and see what the House Investigation Committees uh, discover and just see how deep uh, this bribery accusations go. Uh, I think that the, the, the gun issue is, is very, very small compared to what's really at stake. I've said, and I'm going to say it again, nobody's above the law. Whether it's Hunter Biden or Donald Trump, the law should be applied rigorously without fear or favor. The president has repeatedly said he played no role in his son's business work.
This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning, all eyes will be on the Longhorns tomorrow night when they take on Alabama as the anticipation for this matchup continues to grow. If Texas can pull off a win, it will hands down be their biggest regular season victory in years. Texas has lost its last five non-conference true road games, the most recent one being the Horns' 40-21 loss at Arkansas in Steve Sarkeesian's first season. Two seasons later, Texas has a chance to not only break that streak, they also have the chance to enter the conversation as true contenders. Third-ranked Alabama is already there, and it's a game that is obviously a big test for both, albeit one that is quite early. That's one of the beauties of playing these games like this early in the season. And, I, you know, I, I kind of commend whoever was the reasoning for scheduling Texas and Alabama and moving forward next year, Texas and Michigan and Texas and Ohio State, because it gives you a sense early in the season, um, some, some off-season motivation, but also, okay, when we're playing one of the best teams in the country, where are our holes and where are our strengths that we can fix those things to get ready for conference play? All right, kickoff tomorrow night at 6. High school football, our KBVO game of the week last night was a doozy. Cedar Park was at 14-0, lost the lead, but they regained it right here with Trey Hills. Touchdown run to put the Timberwolves up 21-17 to late in the third quarter. Same score here in the fourth. Third down, Round Rock's Mason Cochran with the fake handoff runs in for the touchdown, though. 24-21 Dragons. Then Aiden Art leads the Timberwolves deep into Dragon territory. And Trey Hill finishes the job for the Timberwolves with another touchdown run. 28-24 Cedar Park wins their game last night. Some other scores. Pflugerville Hendrickson defeated Round Rock McNeil. 31 to 17, close one between two Leander schools at Bible Stadium last night. Rouse defeated Glenn 34 to 31. And a final reminder here: Westlake getting ready to. They will play tonight at 7:30. You can catch it out, uh, catch it on KXAN.com, and also be sure to check out high school football scores and highlights from around the area tonight on game night at 10 o'clock right here on KXAN. That does it for sports. Let's go back over to you. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thanks for joining us. Here's what we're tracking at five. A growing homeless camp in southeast Austin. Why some are worried it means safety problems for a local park. Thanks for joining KXAN News Today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.